let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 16. We are dealing with the thought of finding yourself in the family of God. As Paul remembers and commends these great saints in this chapter, he has lost his earthly family, but he has gained a heavenly family. And how precious it is to know that you're a part of God's family. And I'm glad that the Lord wanted children, aren't you? He wasn't satisfied with angels, creation, creatures, humans. He wanted sons and daughters. That didn't come out of the earthly descendancy and tree of genealogy from Adam. That's the fallen race. But it did come out of another tree called Calvary, where Jesus, who is our righteousness, became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He has birthed us into His family. We are a part of His tree. Every family has a tree, but not only that. Every family, as we noticed last night, has inheritances and has treasures. And we emphasize the treasures that we have that are so precious. Some of them found here in this text, peace and grace, and uh, the gospel and faith and glory, and uh, so on and so forth. I'm glad for what I have, I'm glad for what I have received uh, from the Lord as a part of being His, a part of His family. My riches are not in this world, but they're found in Christ. I remember listening to Lester Roloff preach. Many of you knew of him that had the, the homes for alcoholics and so on out in Texas, and the government wanted to come in and fund it and then take it over. And he wouldn't have anything to do with that. Uh, and so he told him, no, thank you. But they took him to court over it. They tried to get him on a, They just couldn't figure out how you could run that many homes without having a bunch of money. So they got to searching to find where his money source was. Of course, he told them he didn't have a bunch of money, that he just trusted God daily, and the money would come in as God's people supported. He didn't have no big account laying somewhere that he could draw off from, and he never did. Much like George Mueller back in the 1800s in, in England, just day by day. But uh, they took him to court, and they had him on the stand i never forget him saying that one of the lawyers thought he had him pinned down because he'd heard him preach on the radio about his riches. So he said to him, said, Mr. Roloff, did you not state before this court that you did not have a large bank account, a large sum of money stuffed away somewhere? They thought maybe they could get him on uh, tax evasion or something. He said, uh, that's correct. Well, they said that we heard you state on your radio broadcast, and we can play it right here in court, that you said explicitly that your father was rich. 
and that uh, you were in his inheritance, plugged up to it. And he said, I was talking about my heavenly father, not my earthly father. Well, I'm glad that I am rich because I'm trusting him day by day. Now, my family's not only got a tree, but it's got, thank God, treasures. And then every family's got some traits. We've already ironed it out. One great biblical truth is that ugly's inherited. And uh, it's not our fault. But I do think that uh, we'll have those traits that remind us. We'll have our Father's eyes. We'll have the Spirit of the Son, that love that He shed abroad in our hearts. God has given us those things. But tonight I want to go a step further and I, I want to preach on the family talk or the family tongue. I want to deal with this matter of, of our family tongue or we think about it as far as in the natural family uh, every country has its own language and uh, then we move down to different parts of the country and you have different dialects different accents uh, different ways of pronouncing things different words that are more prominent in some areas than other areas. And even when you get down to the home, some families you'll go into, they'll use certain words more than others will. And, uh, and that's just your, that's, that's just the way your family, that's, that's the vernacular that your family has, has. Now I'm from West Virginia, I moved to North Carolina, and I told them, I said, I'm going to go out and wash the car. They said, you're going to do what to it? I said, I'm going to wash it. They said, what's wrong with it? I said, it's dirty. Oh, they said, you mean you're going to wash it? I said, well, if that's what you call it, that's fine with me. But I had to really work because I, I pastored, you know, so many years in North Carolina. I didn't want to say wash all the time because that, just, that shut the sermon down. They just said, wash? What's he talking about? I'm washed in the blood? What do you mean washed in the blood? And so I really tried to get this word down, washed, and uh, so that I could, you know, preach to them and them not laugh at me. Uh, but that's the way they say it. That's the way we said it in, in uh, West Virginia. And, and I tell you, when I'm up north and I'm out eating and people will hear my accent and they'll say, where are you from? I'll say, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> they'll say, no, no, you're not either. And if you think I'm bad, I, I have to, I, my wife cannot order in the north. I'm telling you the truth. She has to have an interpreter, even face to face. They don't know what, she was, what she's talking about. Uh, she went in uh, Cleveland down there. She wanted to go to the, uh, uh, to the zoo. She went in. She said, where's y'all? said, where's the reptiles? They said, what? She said, the reptiles. Where's the reptiles at? <laughs> and that lady never could get it. Finally, she said, snakes, snakes, where's the snakes? <laughs> and the lady said, oh, you meant reptiles, reptiles, or however how they say it down there, reptiles. <laughs> That's the difference in the language. But there were several sets of words that I'd never even used before I got saved. They didn't mean anything to me. But when I got saved, they became a part 
about my vernacular, my vocabulary, my diction. Because they're family terms. They're words that God gave to His family. Aren't you glad? That when Paul writes to these children at Rome, he uses some terms that he knows they'll understand. Because they're family terms. And they know what they're all about. Now, I want to just use one of these family terms that's found here in this text. I want to look at it in verse 20, verse 24, and verse 27. The Bible said, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And then in verse number 24, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And then in verse number 27, To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, if 24 out of the 27 New Testament books of the Bible end in amen. And Jesus said that when he told his disciples, gave them the disciples' prayer, he said uh, when you close the prayer, you say amen. If that be so, where have all the amens gone? It is a word that God gave to His family. Somebody said, well, what does the word amen mean? It means, it is so. Let it be so. God is faithful. God is true. Verily, verily, as Jesus used the word on many occasions. Amen. It is so. He said this is a family term. And I can remember the first time I heard, just about the first time I heard amen. I went, I went to church and, and hadn't been saved just a little while. And I sat there and the preacher was preaching and somebody said amen. They hollered it out. They said amen. Well, I've been used to people hollering out in the... And my dad owned a beer joint and stuff like that. I've been used to people hollering out, and them they was drunk, they'd holler out. But I didn't think church was any place where you're supposed to holler out. I didn't know. And I said, is that legal? And they said, well, yeah. It's legal. If you're one of God's children, you can say, it is so. Let it be so. God is faithful. God is true. Verily, verily. That's the word, amen. And it is the word that God has given to His people. Now, someone has said that a good way to get rid of your pastor, if you don't like him, is sit up front and smile and say amen every time he preaches something good. And he'll preach himself to death and you'll be done with it. But there, 
there are three or four things that I want to say that the Lord has, has given me as far as insight on this word, this term, and there are many other terms, but the one that Paul uses as he writes to the saints that are wrong, when he writes to the family members, uh, this, this term, amen, and it, in the Bible being filled with it, especially in the New Testament, and not only that, but in the Old Testament, a word that God has given us so that we can respond. It is so. Let it be so. God is faithful. God is true. Verily, verily. Now, the first thing that I want to say to you about the word amen is that it is a revelation. Amen is a revelation. In other words, you cannot amen what you don't know. Because what the word amen is saying is, it is so. Let it be so. Verily, verily. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, now y'all go to speaking in tongues. He said, nobody can say amen because they don't know what you're talking about. But this word, amen, is, it goes hand in hand with what our Lord said to Simon Peter. He said, Peter, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The matter of truth is not something you can simply study out or be educated in or go to some seminary and they can teach it to you, but it must be revealed to you. In other words, the Holy Ghost, only the Holy Ghost, can take these heavenly truths and teach them to our hearts. And I think one of the reasons why the amens have abated, and I don't want you to think, and I'll deal with this more fully. I do not want you to think that this is a shallow sermon on a vocal amen or an out loud amen, though at times that is wonderful and good, but it goes much deeper than that. Uh, what, what I want you to understand is, is that the only way that you can say amen is that you must have already been told that truth to be able to respond to it when you hear it. You cannot amen what you do not know. And you see what church is all about, what worship is all about. It's not you and me coming here finding out some new doctrines and some new theories and some new ideas. That's not what that's all about. It's you and I coming here reminiscing and going over what the Holy Ghost has already told us. I didn't come this week and say, now I'm coming, but I'll tell you what, I've got a new doctrine. I think your people will love it. And uh, I've got some new insights, never been heard. Nor written. How about let's just stick with the, the truth, the old truths. And all we do when we come together, every song is embodied with truth that we already know. And that's why when they get done singing the song, we say, Amen. And the reason why we're saying amen is we're responding saying, I know that. And the reason why you know that is because not only did the Holy Ghost tell the singer that, but the Holy Ghost told you that. 
So when you heard the singer say it, you said in your heart, Amen, I know that. So this matter of worship is God's people coming together, sharing with one another, and telling each other what we already know. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that so basic and so simple? Is that we're not going to come in here. We're going to come and we're going to talk about salvation. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about assurance. We're going to talk about the blood. We're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about those truths of the Word of God so that because I know it, when you say it, I can say, oh, amen. And aren't you glad when your heart can respond and say, amen. And when I say it, I love it when God's people, whether audibly or, or in their eyes or whatever, they're responding and saying, I've been told that. I know that. You see, we mentioned something about that secret that is found in verse number 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Now the reason why the world can't say amen and the reason why a lot of folks sitting in the pew can't say amen is because they're dumbfounded about it. They don't know it. It's never been told them and revealed to them by the Spirit of God. But when the Spirit of God came to me as a 14-year-old boy and took these divine truths and put them into my heart, and then I went to the house of God, and I heard the preacher get up and say the same thing that the Holy Ghost had told me. And there erupted in my heart an amen. And I responded and said, It is so! Because I had been told that by the Lord. You know, this matter of preaching is not just diction and reading the Bible. It's not just diction, reading words and coming and, and getting smarter and smarter and being able to quote verses and, and hold chapters and tell people all that you... No, 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 no. It's a matter of you reading the black that's on white and the Holy Ghost saying, hold it. Did you see that? I am your teacher. Here, did you see that about Christ? Did, did you see that about the second coming? Did, did you see that about forgiveness? Did you see that? That's why I love reading the Word of God is because I'm reading it waiting on Heaven's Spirit, the Holy Spirit revealing more of Christ to me. But it won't be just something He's told me, but I found out it'll be something that He's told His youngins that He will share with you. And that's why it's so easy when we come together that in our hearts we're able to say amen because there has been a revelation. There has been uh, the Holy Spirit of God bringing to light, turning the light on as far as salvation is concerned. I say to you that, that this matter, this word, amen... And again, don't get upset at the world because they disagree with what we preach and with the Word of God and with the truths about Christ. They can't say amen. They don't know it. They don't know it. But aren't you glad for the day when the Holy Ghost told you and let you know that He was the Son of God? 
that this was not just a theory or a teaching or a doctrine, or this was not just a handed down truth that you got from your mom and daddy. You believe it because they said it. But no, you believe it because you had the witness of the Spirit on the inside. The word amen is a revelation. And can I say to you tonight, when it comes to knowledge, and this world puts so much emphasis upon it, when it comes to this thing, can I say to you that it would take a big old book. It'd take a gigantic book to hold everything that I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that true? Oh, well, I don't even know a drop in the bucket. But I'm glad that there are a few things that I do know. And they are the things that are eternal. And the Holy Ghost has buried them deep within my heart and within my soul. It is a revelation. This word, amen, this family talk, this family tongue is not only a revelation, but it is also an affirmation. An affirmation. That is the reason why we say it vocally. Is because we want everybody around us to know that we're not in the dark on this and that we do believe these truths to be true. And so we are saying it is so. And those that are around us hear us when we say amen. And we are affirming in our, in our hearts to everybody else that we have come to the knowledge of this truth and we do believe that Christ is the Savior and that we do believe the Word of God. And so we, we confirm within our hearts and we affirm, we say, it is so. And we believe it so much that we say, let it be so. In other words, we know it is so. But not only do we know it is so, we want it to be so. We're not antagonistic against God's truth, but we believe it and we love it. And we say, let it be so, but we also, we say it is so, we also say, let it be so. Amen. This is our affirmation. This is our, our vocalizing to others that are around us using the word Amen. It is so. Let it be so. God is faithful. God is true. Verily, verily. Now, in this part of the sermon, I do want to emphasize this. I don't think that we have to be vocal because I'm going to deal more in the depth of it. But it has been the Bible custom and the custom of the church in years gone by to resound with a response of an amen. And the psalmist encouraged that. Because he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. And amen. He said, be the, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, 
Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but these words are precious to me. And I'm not going to let somebody beside me, in front of me, I'm not even going to let a culture or a part of the country rob me of the preciousness of, of a word that God gave me, that He gave to the family. And it is the word, Amen. And it is if, with that word that I can say to everybody else, I want you to know I am a part of this. I believe that it is so, and let it be so. God is faithful and true, verily, verily. And we have the privilege because God has put it in our hearts to resound that. I remember uh, going to a... I uh, used to love to go to uh, a certain uh, university... Christian University, a good one, good one. And uh, I would go to watch their vespers, their plays, and also if they had a great, they had a good preacher, I would go to listen to the preacher. And I remember going to the meeting, and I knew that they did not like, and they liked it so quiet you could drop a pen and hear it. But it didn't mean the Spirit of God wasn't there. The Spirit of God was heavy in that place. And they had a preacher that was preaching, and uh, I got so enthralled, I got so wrapped up in what he was preaching that I forgot about where I was at. And I was so overjoyed, I was just, I was weeping, and I was saying, Amen! Oh, Amen! Woo! Amen! And the guy punched, beside me, he punched me, he said, they're going to carry you out of here. And I come to myself, I thought, oh man, I am being a little excited here. And I really had to struggle the rest of that because I didn't want to offend anybody, but my goodness, he was bringing out such... Uh, he was just reminding me of my redemption in a special way as he was preaching, and my heart was just overjoyed. And I couldn't wait to get out of that place so I could get in my car and get off somewhere on the side of the road and get out and say, Whoa! Hallelujah! And enjoy what I had. <laughs> You ever feel like that sometime? If you don't, you don't know what you're missing. Boy, I like it when the cloud gets so thick. I just want to pull my car over and run around it and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. And let me say this to you. Don't let anybody stop you from expressing. Don't let this world stop you from expressing praise unto God. Now, I'm not talking about shallowism and things. We'll deal with that in a minute. But if he's, if he's put an amen in you, it ain't going to hurt to let it out. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just a blessing. It's your word. It's your word. He gave it to you. <laughs> and he gave you the privilege of being able to use it and to respond with it. It's family terms. It's okay. We're just, just, just family. Ain't nobody else here but family. You can say that if you want to. Amen. Now, uh, it is a revelation, it is an affirmation from the heart that you do believe that. But I want to go deeper with this word, and I want to say to you, Paul is not writing to people who are just shallow Christians saying, Amen, 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 Amen. I have been in churches to where I just want to say, Would y'all shut up? 
You don't even understand. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're just hollering and screaming. You don't care. You just want some emotional swing. And I have. I've been in. I, I told one church, I said, you know, I have to come in here and try to bring y'all down so we can preach. And, and I don't know how, how they feel about that, but, uh, it, but the thing about it is I'm not interested in just, you know, a bunch of racket. And Paul's not just writing these people, just throwing out words. He's writing and he's using this amen to people who, who not only have the word amen that they can use on their lips, but the word amen is something that should be lived in our lives. Verified in how we conduct our lives. I say to you, this word, amen, is a revelation, it's an affirmation, but it is a demonstration. These people proved their amen by the way they lived. If you look at verse number 4, the way they're willing to lay down their lives. And some of them who labored and fellow prisoners and, and all the hosts and all these other things, they, their life was an amen to the truth. By the way they lived, they demonstrated it. And I thought as we went through the Word of God, how that the men of the lives of some of the men and women of the Bible said amen to what God had said. Think about it. When Noah built that ark, God said to him, 120 years, I'm going to send the flood. His life was a, it is so. Let it be so. God is faithful and true, verily, verily. Every day when he got up and went and worked on that ark, he was saying to that world, Amen to God. Amen to God. When Abraham took his son Isaac up Mount Moriah to offer him up because God told him to, God had already said to Abraham that in this seed, in this son, he's the promised seed. And Abraham believed God, Romans 4 said, and believed that God was able to raise him even from the dead because God said he was the promised seed. And so when Abraham started up that mountain with that boy, what he was saying every step of the way, amen to what God said. It is so, let it be so, God is faithful, God is true, verily, verily, and I'm just going to let my life trust him and be an amen to God. And amen to God. And the Lord wants our lives to be an amen to Him. We sometimes come to church and we say amen and we go home and we're saying, oh me, what would it go? <laughs> what happens? If, what are we going to do if they pass that bill or if they do this or do that? What happens if the economy, what if the stock, oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> That's not an amen. That's an oh me. And we can talk religion all we want to. But honey, this world needs somebody that's living out a resounding amen in their lives. It's not just such a, a vocal thing. It is a, it, amen is in shoe leather. Think of Joseph. God had given him that dream and told him what was going to happen concerning his brothers. 
And when they abused him and sold him into Egypt, in each phase of his life, his life became a resounding amen to what God had said to him. And even when his brothers showed up, he said, No, don't, don't be angry with yourselves. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In other words, I've been saying amen for 22 years to what God told me 22 years ago. It's a demonstration. God wants your children to see amen in your life. God wants your grandchildren to see amen in your lives. Not just a bunch of doctrines and theories we put in our pockets and run around and say this is what we believe, but it's in shoe leather. It's lived out. And we believe, God, that in spite of what happens in the economy, the Dow Jones, the stock market, uh, 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 in the elections and all those other things, God Almighty, we believe Him. Let it be so. It is so. God is faithful and true. Verily, verily. This world needs to hear this from God's people. And may it be the cry of our heart, Lord, let me not only say amen to what you said, but let me be an amen to what you've said. It is a, a demonstration. It is a revelation. It is an affirmation. But you know, this word... Amen is also an activation. It activates something. I want to read a verse to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. The Bible said, For all the promises of God in Him, talking about Christ, are yea. All the promises of God in Christ are yea. And in Him, amen, unto the glory of God, by us. Did you see that? What he is saying here is, he's saying God says yea through Christ to our lives. And then all he wants out of you is an amen in response to his yea. You see, salvation is not you working up your own little plan to get to heaven. But salvation is you hearing God's yay through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But to as many as believed on Him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's God's yay. Now all He wants out of the sinner is, Amen. <laughs> And when the sinner says amen to God's yay, salvation is activated in their lives. Activated. He said, whatsoever you ask by faith, believing, ye shall receive. Now God has said yay to prayer, but he's waiting on some folks that can close out their prayer with an amen. And what the amen does is it activates God's yay in our lives. And God has a yay for you and a yay for me in many areas of our lives. And if we'll just wait and listen for the yay of God, He spoke this world into existence with a yay, which was His Son who is the Word of God. 
And he's waiting on somebody to say amen to what? To his yay, all he wants you to do. You say, preacher, what am I going to do about my children? Wait on a yay. And when you hear the yay, say amen. Say, but what am I going to do about my job? Wait on a yay. God has a yay for you. And when he says yay, you say amen. You say, but what am I going to do about my health? Wait on a yay from God. He has a yay for you. And all he wants out of you is an amen. Boy, the simplicity, I keep saying, of the Christian life. All God wants out of you is an activating amen that will release his yay into your life. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all you ever ask or think. But he's awaiting on an amen. Let it be so. It is so. God is faithful. God is true. Verily, verily. And when that happens, it is activated. I like to think of it like maybe a new car. Let's say, for instance, you got a new car out there in the driveway. And the company has said yay to a lot of things about this car. But you ain't said amen yet. And you'll say, well, you know what? I, I don't know about them new cars. I got all them computers and things. I can. I'm afraid I'll get broke down on the highway. And I, well, let me tell you something. That car's never going to move as long as you talk like that. But the moment you open the door and you get inside, when you take that key and put it in that ignition, what you're saying is, it is so. Let it be so. Faithful and true. In other words, you're giving an amen to the yay of that car when the company made it. And when you start it, you've activated it. But still ain't going nowhere. You say, well, it started, but I don't think it'll go anywhere. And it ain't going to go nowhere until you give it an amen by going, put it down in gear and give it a little gas. And when it gets to moving, it gets activated because you've amen that car. You said it is so. They said it would go. I believe it'll go. And then, when you're running upon that red light and that car's in front of you, you give it a big hearty, amen. <laughs> and the reason why you put your foot on that brake is you're saying, I hope it's so. <laughs> Lord, let it be so. <laughs> but the whole thing about it is, as you said, and we're constantly saying amen all the When you turn your water on, you're saying amen, an amen of trust to the wherever that water's coming from or whatever it is, the issues of your life. And God is saying unto you, I've given you a yea, I have given you a promise. All I want you to do to activate it, if you want to get it to work, give me an amen. Amen. If you'll give me an amen, the water will begin to flow. The car will begin to move. And you will begin to see the end results of what you have prayed about. Because you said amen to my yay. It is a, it is a matter, this word amen is an activation activate some things. 
But then can I say to you that this word amen is a consummation. Consummation. Jesus said when you finish praying, when you're done, say what? And ain't that the way we pray? Amen. And what we're saying when we say amen is that we're going to close the book on it. It's over. Amen to God's yea. It is so, let it be so. We close the book on it. 24 out of the 27 books in the New Testament. God inspired and worked through Matthew to write all of that gospel book. But the last thing he said, he said, Hey, Matthew, put amen right there. Close it. That means it's over. And then you get Mark, he said, put an amen there. And Luke, put an amen there. And John, put an amen there. And Paul, put an amen in Romans and 1 Corinthians. He said, put you some amens there. And he got John all the way over there on the Isle of Patmos. And John's out there talking about things that he ain't never seen before and things that's going to happen 2,000 years before or even more or beyond him. And yet when he gets to the end of chapter number 22, I'll tell you what he does. He writes a big amen. Somebody said, John, what are you doing? He said, I'm closing the book on her, boys. Shut her down. She's already settled. Amen. (laughs) You don't have to open it back up and say, oh, no, wait a minute. I think I'm going to add something right here. No, it's closed. It's closed. And I'll tell you something, when you can say amen to something, If you can really say amen to God's yea in your life, whatever it is, what you will do is you will close the book on that matter and you will be able to rest because you will know that it's in God's hands. That's what the wonder of prayer is. It's not getting in the throne room of God and agonizing every time you get there over the same thing. You've not said amen because you've not heard a yea. But the thing to do is listen for God's yay and say, God, give me a yay. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you're doing. Lord, I want to amen you. And then when the Lord gives you a, a, a yay, then you can close the book on the matter. You say, John, how can you say amen? None of these things have come to pass. He said, oh, yes, they have. In God's mind and in God's will, these things are done. They're settled. They're settled. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. The storms may be raging and the boy may be way off or the grand young and way down there and it seems as though that they're never coming back but yet the Holy Ghost warms your heart and says to you, I want you to know I will take care of this child and then you utter an amen. I'm going to, there is an overwhelming peace that you can have in a simple amen that closes the book on the matter. That's why God gave you an amen. So you could close the book. I pastored for 22 and a half years and I loved pastoring, loved where I was at. And the Lord came to me, He gave me a yay. And when He does, there's no option to it. 
He said, I want you to go into full-time evangelism. I said, Lord, I've got three young'uns in college. I've got a car that's got 107,000 miles. We don't even have any place to stay. How can I do that? And he gave me the yay. I wrestled with him. I, never, I couldn't say amen. I just, I, I, just I, 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 I couldn't even get the A out. I, I, you ever get that way where things are happening in your life and you can't say amen? Certain things go certain ways certain days and you're not saying amen because you're not pleased? <laughs> you can't say amen. It's wonderful when the tire's flat and you can stand back and don't look at me like I always do it. No, I don't. But it is wonderful to be stand back and say, Lord, you got a purpose in this. Amen. You're in charge of my life. You said all things work together for good to them that love God. That was your yay and I, I just, it don't feel good out here, but I just want to say amen. Because I know it is so. I know it is so. And I, I wrestled with him over that and I tried to convince him. I said, Lord, you ain't thought about some things. And uh, he wouldn't listen to me. He said, all I want is an amen. And I can remember after wrestling with him that night that I said, amen. But I said, now, Lord, I'm not going to go around like a ragtag salesman of the gospel begging people and telling them I need this and I need that. and Please let me come. He said, you won't have to. I'm going to give you a yay. If you'll give me an amen, I'll give you a yay that I'll take care of everything. And I said, Lord, I'll give you the amen. And I'm here to tell you for 11 years, I have lived off his yay. And as you can see, that yay is pretty good size. Pretty good size. And I've never come here and asked you for anything, and I won't come here and ask you for anything. And you'll never know if I've got a need or if there is a need. And God meets all my needs through his people as he speaks to them. But what I want to say to you, all he wanted out of me. And somebody said, well, what happened? I don't care. I'm not thinking about what might happen in the future. All I know is God said, yay. I said, amen. And that settles it from here to eternity. It is all settled. Close the book, John. Boy, isn't it wonderful to be able to close the book on some things that's agitated you and aggravated you and worried you and fretted you. Just close the book. Close the book. Say amen. In the morning, say, Lord, I don't know what this day's got. But I want to say amen. At night, Lord, I don't know why things happen like they have, but I want to say amen. Amen. And let me close with this thought. The word amen is a personification. Jesus said in Revelation 3, Until the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness. You know, amen is a person. And when God gave you this person, he gave you an amen because he is the amen. That's Jesus. Jesus is your amen. So amen's not you practicing a word to see if you can say it. But amen is you yielding to a person and letting him say it. Amen. And you know what Jesus always says to his father? Amen. Amen. 
And when you're all by yourself, say, Lord, I just don't feel like saying amen. Would you say it for me? <laughs> I just want to yield to you, Lord. You're on the inside living this life for me. Would you say amen to the Father? And boy, just listen as the Son says, Amen, Father. He can't say it today, Lord. I'll say it in him. Amen. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, is what he's doing is he's, he's spreading out across this world little amens that are like his son. Amens. That this world can see that God is faithful and true. And it is so. Let it be so. And verily, 